From Rule 62 Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Season 2, Episode 3. Or Episode rolling. 35 or something like that. Yeah, we're rolling. Rolling right along, man. Yes, sir. Um, man, we had a good episode, our last episode. I really liked that. I did, too. Talked about progress, not perfection. Talked about the the second amendment or commandment or whatever they're called. Second tradition. It is talked Sunday, about, so we can talk about the commandments. Too. Talked about the second second <laughs> second tradition. Um, what we didn't do is explain why we have traditions, and we'll talk about that in just a second. So before we get into all that, I'm Mike, and uh, I am still in recovery and have been since June 21st of 2011. I'm joined with Jill. Hey, guys. Jill, do you have a, a birthday coming up this week? I do, Month? February 15th. What? 14 years. Yes. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Dang, Jill. I know. I it's hard to believe that, how dude. fast that passed. <laughs> I, I agree. And for those of y'all that How have, long did you say? Jill is, 14 years. Jill's only really? 21 years old. Did, she got sober <laughs> when she was seven. So... I've only had 14 years in one time in my life, and that was the first 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those, too. <laughs> I've only had seven years once. So. Yeah, well, that's true. And, and I'm here with Thomas. So I'm Thomas. Thomas D. from the shreveport Bozier area. And, of course, Matt What's up? is here What's up? with us today. And um, the traditions. You know, I, I was reading off the first, the first back into this season, the first episode I read off Tradition 1. This last episode, I'll read off Tradition 2, and then this one I'll read off Tradition 3, and we'll talk about it a little bit. We might talk about it up front. But, um, you know, I, I guess a lot of folks don't understand what the traditions are even, how they're, they're, they're basically derived, and this is basically, and this is not my opinion, this is from me doing a lot of research, but they're d- basically derived from a series of mistakes we made as, as AA as a whole, yeah, I hear it. As AA as a whole, that could have, uh, that could have costed us um, our member, our, our organization. You know, so um, along the way, uh, the founders of this thing put together some things we call traditions because we don't like rules, and these traditions have allowed us to maintain the program. The fellowship, not the program, but the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous for going on, oh, heck, 90 years, somewhere, 80-something years. And so they say, I've heard the 12 concepts are to keep us from, or the 12 steps are to keep us from committing homicide. The 12 traditions are to keep us from committing suicide. The 12 concepts are to keep us from committing genocide. That's lovely. That's a lot of, a lot of sides. <laughs> a lot yeah, of sides. I'll have a side. Usually my there. sides are like mashed potatoes or whatever. So I want to talk about the tradition first this time, and then we're going to get on to our topic. Our topic is going to be fear. That is the topic. So are any of y'all scared of that topic? No. Yeah. I, I, I face my fears these days. Yes, I, I'm fearless today. <laughs> oh. oh my God! No fear. <laughs> As he is shirtless. <laughs> no, just it's kidding. snowing. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want to see me shirtless. <laughs> so, but tradition three, and the reason I want to talk about this first, because it, it means a lot to me, and I heard it a billion times and never even paid attention before I ever got into these rooms. But the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. That's it. It's the only requirement, Matt. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no other requirement. When you go to a closed meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, y'all ever been to a closed meeting? Yes. yes. I've only been to the one that I have in in uh, Texas. Like, but here, I've never been to one. But in Texas, they are a normal thing. <laughs> and um, I went to, uh, they have them. But it basically, it's just, you want to stay in this meeting, you got to have an honest desire to stay sober, right? Uh, so, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. So if your sponsor said, I want you to listen to this podcast, kid, and you're straight, you know, you're straight out of the bottle, brand new, still don't know what to do about this AA thing, wondering if you should sign up or become a member, wondering what to do, what, what are they going to ask of you? This really is our tradition. This was brought on by people that were alive way before the old timers that we have now, and it is that 
All you have to do is have a desire to be sober, and you are a member. Just say you're a member, and you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. There's no papers to sign, no forms to fill out, nobody to impress, no anything, right? It, you are a member. And the more you get into the 12 steps of recovery, the more you feel like a member, mm-hmm. right? But um, but I think it's just something that I had to get out there because yeah. it was so important. I, I'm, I always wanted to know, do I really want to join? Yeah, do I, do I go through the necessary steps? You know, do I do I talk to that guy at the table let him know I want to be a member. You know, you don't have to do any of that shit. You just show up and say I'm a member. Yeah. No no membership fees, no dues, nothing. Right? Yeah. Okay. And I think people are shocked, too, that your 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 vote counts as much as the guy with 40 years. You know, it's, right. it's just one vote. I've sat, so. in, I've sat in business meetings before where we were having a group conscience, which the last tradition we talked about that, the group conscience. And something came up on the table. There's, you know, somebody says, hey, I got to throw this idea out there. And they throw it out there and they vote on it, right? And sometimes it requires a show of hands. Most of the time it don't. But I've had newcomers come and say, hey, look, I've got an idea. And it wasn't a far-fetched idea. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we need to listen to the newcomer here. He's the one we're here for. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if their idea is like we need to pass out money or have strippers at the meetings or something, I mean, no. But what? Yeah. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I like both those. Yeah, ideas. you're right. There is, there, there is no tradition on there, Thomas. Well, I think what's important to mention about that it is the desire to stop drinking. It does not say I have stopped drinking. I mean, we, we hope that you would, but, um, that, that does mean that there may be, and probably is people that are not there yet. Um, it's about the desire. Has everybody here, anybody here not been in a meeting where there was an active wet drunk? In that meeting, one of my sponsees, he loved yeah. to bring a vodka into the meeting in his yeah. water bottles. Yeah, yeah. man, no. no, yeah, yeah, you know who, yeah. I've been in several. I've, I've had. Oh, you've never been in one with an active wet drunk? Oh no, I have. I've seen people I have mean, seizures. Just anybody. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. someone may have died in a meeting. I was in Colorado. Um, it was mm. it was pretty tragic. I've never seen anybody die in a meeting. That that would be creepy. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could go back to that. It's coming. I mean, there's got to be. It's going to happen. Yeah, I've seen people vomiting. Like mm-hmm. I've said, the only sad. thing I've never done at work is delivered a baby. But it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> I w- Now, see, I wish we could have skipped Tradition 3 and went to Tradition 4, because for me, Tradition 3 is actually kind of a sensitive subject, if you want to get technical about it with me. Mm-hmm. And that's because the short form says a desire to stop drinking. The long form, I think, would be more of the closed meeting where it says that our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Because not everybody who comes in and has a desire to stop drinking is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people are just heavy drinkers, you know, uh-huh. and, that get, and that comes back to the big book, though, where it tells us the different types of drinkers. You know, are, are you an alcoholic drinker? Are you a heavy drinker? Mm-hmm. You know, because there are different types of drinkers in, in open meetings, especially. Absolutely. And I did not put an X in that word today. X what? Especially. X especially. X especially. <laughs> so. But yeah, so I mean, tradition three for me is, is you know, it, it to me it's a sensitive subject just because I'm more of a long form guy. Mm-hmm. I like the way it was written originally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I have the choice to go to just closed meetings. There's just not a lot of them. Right. Well, I, and yeah, I mean, I just have, you're right. There's not a lot of them. I like I, in Texas, they're everywhere. That's basically all they have. Um, but here, here in Shreveport, they are Bozier. A handful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so, um, Matt, you got anything on Tradition 3? I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of the, the simplicity of it. I think in Bill and, and Bob were on to something with, you know, all this stuff as it came about. And, and I know it came up because of issues and, and problems as the program developed. But, um, yeah, I think people, it's funny, people are amazed that they come in and they go, well, who do I talk to who's in charge here? You know, talking about the tradition before that. And it's like, well, whoever, I mean, whoever's standing here can help do whatever. There's nobody in charge. And uh, I think the newcomer kind of goes, oh, well, I'm just, it, it allows a newcomer to be, just have an important role there 
uh, it, you know, if they're willing to do that. Um, as far as service, as far as anything at that at that club and that meeting, um, you know, and I think that's great. I think it gives people, you know, that's how I stayed sober was service work. And, you know, if they'd have said, hey, you have to have five years of sobriety before you're allowed to speak in a meeting, well, I probably wouldn't be in there, you know, or um, and you just kind of learn to jump in jump in with didn't uh, want to speak in your meeting anyway yeah exactly <laughs> you know and uh um, on a side note don't you hate when you're just kind of sitting in a meeting and somebody goes how about you and you go i got nothing you know you just can't even form a thought to share <laughs> but uh um that happens to me quite often but uh, <laughs> i think about what kind of pizza i was going to order after this meeting. <laughs> exactly you know uh, how dare you interrupt my pizza <laughs> yeah, yeah so but, you know, I, I mean, I think that's the great part about it is it lets new new people come in, and I've had them all, you know, come up and, what, who do I need to ask about, you know, uh, and, and the fresh ideas of it, too, you know. Um, times have changed from 19, the 30s till now, and, uh, you know, they're going to continue to change, and things are going to continue to be, um, you know, evolve as, as sobriety and recovery evolves, and, and you know, it's a program of attraction, and, you know, when these newcomers come in, and, and, and also on top of that, younger people, you know, they they have different things that, that they may be interested in or want to see happen, and that's great. You know, that's great. I mean, um, whatever it takes to get to carry the message, that's what we want to do. So mm-hmm. Thomas brought up tradition-free long form. I'm going to read it right quick just so the listeners know. Our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover, nor ought AA membership ever depend upon money or conformity. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group, provided that as a group they have no other affiliation. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just so just so the listeners mm-hmm. understand, they're, they're, what I'm reading whenever I talk about this is the short form. Yeah, I may save this website though, just so that for future episodes I can read the long form and the short form because the short form, obviously, like in that tra- specific tradition, basically it's completely worded different in the long form mm-hmm. as it is up on the walls and on the posters and all that stuff. And I never even knew that in the long form. In them, you know, I was what today old when I found out that the long form has all that stuff about two or three people in it. I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, same <Yeah>. here. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, long form? Say what? <laughs> but we talked about progress, not perfection. Right? So, in the last episode. And least, you asked why I changed sponsors. Italy, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't blame you, buddy. No, I don't blame kidding. you. This one's, this one's used and abused. Um, so, <laughs> we are talking about fear today. Today's going to be our topic of fear. And, and I'm going to tell you, there. this is where... <laughs> You get a lot of you get you get some big book quoters, quoters. <laughs> I got like I need them for the dryer. You get some big book quoted to, to quoting <laughs> people that just come out of the blue when you talk about fear in a meeting. You know the evil and corrosive thread and page blah 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 mm-hmm. says blah blah blah. None of that shit did me any good when I have some real live fear. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Acceptance probably is the answer long term but when i'm waiting two weeks for the doctor to tell me if i have something major going on uh don't really as a newcomer and i'm speaking as someone that walks in the rooms and hears some of the stuff that we talk about how fears and evil and corroding thread corroding thread and how you know and the big book does tell us about certain things we can do when we're in fear Right there, that, mm-hmm. there's no doubt. I'm going to pull them up here in a minute when everybody else starts sharing. But there is no doubt that that is the case. But what what bothers me is uh, the fact that I have fear still. I'm 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 you know 12 years sober and not getting any younger, but I still have fear. Sometimes just fear of the unknown. You know, a lot of things, times we don't talk about. Matter of fact, I, I see people cringe sometimes when a newcomer comes in and talks about anxiety or depression. You know, and yes, some of that stuff go, does go away whenever we sober up, right? I get that. You know, for me, all of that stuff went away whenever I sobered up. So, but that that's for me. That doesn't yeah. mean that, 
you know, somebody's going to walk in the room and I'm going to pick them up as a sponsor and say, oh, don't worry about your depression. It'll stop. I have no idea if their depression is going to stop. That that might be a medical disorder or something, mm. right? Well, so for fear, though, the, the actual the actual fear, and you hear also a lot of, you know, false events appearing real and face. Fuck everything uh, and run. Yeah, you know, well, face everything <laughs> and run. Face and run. How you do that, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, it's a very dangerous task. <laughs> face it and run. <laughs> run backwards. But... You know, but real life fear, guys. What you know? What do you do? What do you do? I think it 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 just depends. I mean, like I think there's many different forms of fear. Um, I think there's just a like a average fear with me. There is, um, you know, other fears such as like panic disorder kind of fears, and that was a that was on my list of fears when I got sober. Um, cause I'd had uh, panic attacks for, uh, about 20 years and that was a mental disorder. But the thing is I haven't had a panic attack since I got sober. And so to me, that was, um, that was kind of like a mental thing. And then there's little ones and there's bigger ones and there's some, there's some that have, have stayed and stuck around. There's some that have just, I prayed about it and it was gone forever. But what do I do if I'm in fear? You better bet I'm praying. Mm-hmm. big time. And I'm also, you know, I'm going to break it down. Okay. So what am I scared of? And I want to look at why I want to look at what are, what is my payout here? What am I threatened by? And when I say threatened by, I'm looking at me. Um, and I, I break that down. If, if I need help, I'm going to, you know, get my sponsor involved in it, but there's, I can't afford to be in fear. I was in fight or flight, like I said, for those 20 years. I didn't know if I was coming or going. And there was a lot of Xanax involved. And I remember, you know, there's been points or times in recovery where I was like, what if I have another one? Like, I'm, I won't be able to make it. And that, that scared I mean, it doesn't scare me now because it's just been so long without it. But I think as humans, I mean, we have fears, Um, but if I'm in fear, that means I'm not in trust and I'm not trusting my higher power. And this is a spiritual program. And for me to stay spiritually fit is important because I will resort to fear. Yeah. He's talking about the cat. I'm not laughing at you. uh... Billy, that's our mascot. Don't step on anything. But I can let fear ruin my day. It can, it will take over me and I will feed into it and feed into it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, and then it just turns into something way bigger. And uh, what I've learned in these years that I've been sober is that like, I just can't, um, I do get anxiety over things. Um, and I think that's just part of me but then again i have to i still pray about it and i'm going to break it down and see what's going on because i think that's been um pretty cool is learning how to take my rational thoughts and put some rationalization behind it and and really think and and uh, break everything down to where it makes sense um i am prone to flee and to evade those um, those kind of feelings, um, as my past definitely um, what's the word? Shows. Thanks. You're welcome. What, what was the word? What <laughs> Shows <laughs> demonstrates. <laughs> oh, demonstrates. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I mean, and like I said, there's many things. There's fear of financial. There's fear of relationships. There's there's fears of. All kinds of things. I mean, the retirement, health. But if I, if I stay in those fears, I mean, I'm just stripping myself of, of of happiness and contentment and serenity. Like they say, if if you're in fear, you are thinking about the future, worried about the future, and um, you know, with with depression, it's ruminating about the past. So I've got to stay out of the future and really focus on the now. Like, 
everything right now is perfect. I'm alive. I'm not having anxiety. I feel great. And it, that's when I, when I tend to get out of that and start, uh, you know, get in the future or the past. That's where I, I strip myself of peace. And that, that fear inventory in step four really does help. Oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever, ever learned. Yeah. Uh, it, like I could never like look at things and be like, oh yeah, it was me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And and the, what I can do, like I said, it's just, it's amazing that I can, instead of blaming my fear on someone else or blaming it on a situation or blaming it on something, I can actually say, well, what's going on with me? Yeah. It always goes back to that. I know. I know. Like, it's... how did I not know that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when I think about that, it's like, was I that idiotic? But, you know, a lot of times with the fear, for for me, fear is it's directly in relation to my relationship with my higher power. And, like, I know a lot of people come in AA and they, they start out very simply and it's, you know, pray in the morning, pray in the evening. And some people still, that's what they do, and that's awesome. But some of us are sicker than others, y'all. And <laughs> I have to, everything I do, I have to do overboard. And so constant prayer and meditation even if it's just for a few minutes um that if i'm not doing that and i like two days is a bad deal for me like it can go off the rails really quickly and just went through a couple of days like that and after talking with some folks and doing the things i'm supposed to do i do feel better Mm -hmm. because i don't control the situation and that's what fear for me is always I don't have control of this situation. The lack of so control, yeah. how do I control it? How do I control it? My mind's beating me to death, and there is no way to control it, so it just becomes this never-ending, bullcrap, painful cycle. And it's, it's just like the cycle of insanity. Yeah, and God goes, Did you, you need me now, or are you just... You just you're gonna keep doing this, and I go oops, and then I have awesome people that I'm friends with and spend time with, and they go, uh, so you're you're God now, you know, uh, <laughs> you're you're gonna take it over from here, and and I go hmm, and I just take my medicine, and you know, and it's what it always boils down to for me. It's like I'm not my mind's not right because I'm not realizing number one who and what I am, what I have control over, what I don't. I'm not going back to those simple things. And when I do that, the fear will dissipate. It will not just completely erase. Sometimes it takes a little a little uh, working through things, but I get back on the track I need to be. And I just don't get a break from the spiritual part. Uh, I don't I don't do uh, I pray every Sunday at dinner, you know, I can't do that because I'm I'll be off to the races. Oh, uh, absolutely. It's constant for me. Um so but yeah, and fear can be, fear can also though, and we we talked about lessons. You know, I'm learning a lesson right now, and and as we speak in these last few days, and fear can also let you know where you are. You know, and you can go, okay, I'm still, like I'm still doing X Y Z. Uh, why why is this going on? And um, again, just being around good people and people that that program people and very spiritual people um that's i have to be around that kind of stuff i just do yeah and i can't you know i can't really do much without it so i think it's also important to know that fear is fear is part of our ancestral dna um it is innate it is something that protects us um it puts us into that fight or flight um, mode to either to boogie or to fight and we all have it as something that um, no one is free of so if you're a newcomer you're thinking when is the fear going to go away oh gosh it's not you just learn to deal with it <laughs> so well, a lot of stuff like that you learn to face it you learn how to work through it um, my fear of flying has greatly went away since I've been in alcoholics. Mine has too. Yeah, I used to have the real major fear of flying. It, yes. I mean, it's like a, it's. I, I talked about a, this with a guy the other day. It's like a, a baby with a crappy diaper, dude. They're just sitting in it. Like at recovery, you just have to sit in that crappy diaper. And, and 
I mean, I hate to say that, but I used to not want to sit in that dirty diaper. I would, mm-hmm. I would take things to go. It's not a dirty diaper. No, I'm a, yeah, it is. And so as raw as that is, I, I have to sit and sometimes it has to just hurt. And I just, yeah. there ain't no way around it. It is what it is. And, and, you know, that's that's where I've learned and where I've grown is dealing with with the issues and yeah I do I don't think fear ever goes away but the the plugging away at it and and almost the bullheadedness if you will or stubbornness to go yeah this sucks uh, I'm pissed off you know I'm, I'm whatever I am at the moment but I'm gonna continue with what I was doing and I've just come out of those things you know God has just brought me through stuff. And Gosh. I look back and go, okay, okay. Wasn't fun in the moment. A lot better now. So what about you, Thomas? I'm fearless. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Um, Thomas was going to skip this episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely fearless, you know, with the exception of financial insecurity. You and, must have had that bumper sticker in the eight, uh, in the 90s that said, no fear, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I still have it. Bumper sticker. Yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> what, 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 what was that car we were talking about in a couple of episodes ago? What was that car? Oh, oh come the, on. Uh, Taurus? No, no. Um your Mel bump. and Jenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What car was the that? The bumper fell off. But what, what was the car? <laughs> it was, was it like a Mercury or Sable yeah, or something? Sable. It was yeah. a Sable with Dude, no fear bumper <laughs> More bad Well, stuff at least mine's a, a Volkswagen, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bug. Uh, <laughs> 78 model. But no, I mean, it, you know, it, even in sobriety, I've made uh, poor financial decisions that, that uh, and, and, and that's what's cool, though, is that goes back to, you know, I have a greater faith in my higher power today, even though still inside that financial security kind of eats my ass up. I can sit back and say, okay, I know God's going to take care of me. I just know he is. And, And I know this because only since I've been sober, have I noticed, I'm not going to say that's the only time he's taken care of me because he damn sure saved me a lot, but uh, but only since I've been sober have I have I been able to sit back and realize I have not gone without exactly what I need. Yeah. You know, and and I don't necessarily have to to and I still suck with money, even though I know I got this bill due or that bill due. I see this and I'm going to go buy that shit because they, they might not have it next week, you know, and, and, and that's part of where where my financial situation comes from is me blowing money on crap I know I don't need. Instead of blowing money on the stuff that I need, you know, so yes. I actually cause my own fear. Like Matt was saying, a lot of my 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 fears I've got today are self inflicted fears, you know. And I was actually just looking at this thing from uh, from Bill W. in 1962 in the Grapevine, where um, I lost the spot. But if you want to go back and look at old Grapevines, you know, he's got one in 1962. Uh, this matter of fear. And it's actually a really good article that he wrote on fear in the grapevine. And, you know, uh, it, it's a matter of how do I deal with my fears today uh, is to, as opposed to allowing them to affect me in negative ways. Yeah. You know, and my fears still do for, for a moment affect me in negative ways. But that's where I've got sponsors or a sponsor. I've got sponsors, you know, sponsees that I talk to. I've got other people in the rooms that I talk to. If I see somebody that's going through the same stuff that I'm going through at that moment, that's who I'm going to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, because my sponsor might not have gone through this. Hey, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Well, I'm not real sure because I've never come across that situation, but Joe has or Mike has or what's your name? Matt. Matt <laughs> has. Uh, Fearless. Jamie over here. I mean, Jill. No, I'm just, I, look, I had to mess with y'all. But, you know. So there's always somebody in this program that that I can talk to. Yeah. And and that's what I, I do. I rely on that a lot, you know, and, and, and that's a pretty cool thing to have today. And that was one of my fears coming in, you know, was talking to people about my shit. Yeah. This is mine. Yeah. I created it. I'm going to deal with it because that's how I was raised. And you don't want to look like the person that's always got a problem or the yeah. person that's always need you know what i mean you don't want to look like that as a newcomer you just i'm bothering them or they don't want to hear this they've heard it before you know and not even as newcomer even if 
you know, yeah. coming up on five years, I still do the same thing. Nice. I will wallow in that crap until it, it's time to not. You guys have got about over Jill's damn near got two thirds of the sobriety I do. But I, but you guys, I, I've come across this in the last few years. Going to meetings, you got sponsees, you share in meetings, and it's, you know, the great things that have happened, and then that's where it is 90% of the time. But do you guys ever get in there and just have a shitty day? <laughs> like, it's shitty day, darkness. Well, hell and yeah. They go, and they go, would you like to share, Jill? <laughs> and you go, no, I wouldn't, <laughs> because nobody needs to hear like I've been in that situation and not shared when I could have been like, well, here's what happened today. And then it's shit show. And everybody goes, what happened to that dude? You know, like, I think it's inc- that way. incredibly important that I share when that happens. Um, I and remember, I've been there a couple of times when Jill shared after some of that. Yeah. Um, I remember an early recovery, you know, everybody talks so much about, how great everything is. And I remember thinking someone was wrong with me for years because I was struggling so hard and no one talked about their the, bad the, the times. Real, the real shit. The real shit. And I had so many <laughs> women in recovery like, thank you. I felt really alone. If I'm struggling with something, I want to admit it because I think people need to see that because mm. you're going to struggle and you have days that just suck. Can you imagine being two years recovered and all you hear about is the good stuff that goes on and you're like, what the hell's wrong with me? That's that's what I did. Well, well, you haven't learned how to make shit up yet. That's what's wrong with you. Well, and that kept me in self-pity. I I was like, I I can't be helped. You know, that kind of shit. And uh, yeah, I share about it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I've had that pop in my head a few times and it's like, do I really, do they really want to hear? Because we could be here the whole hour, you know? Um I just wondered if y'all had run into that and what you. Yeah, I think it's know. important to for the newcomers to see that it that there is progress, not perfection, when it sure. comes to well everything as far as recovery, because mm-hmm. all of us can take a step back and get into fear, um, you know, be selfish, be dishonest, and all of that. But it's like, what you going to do about it? And that's when I get into, well, I've learned this is what I do and this is, you know, this is how you do it. And that's why I'm here at this meeting. That's why I'm sharing about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And, you know, and you do see that's what's pretty cool, too, is as I go back to I don't always see the growth with me or or necessarily feel like things are happening. Mm -hmm. But you see people that come in and then they're just like. And there was a lady the other day, we just talked about this and she, she's about to have three years, I think. And the first two years, it was like face down on the table crying every time she opened her mouth and she shared, I told her, I said, you are the epitome of Alcoholics Anonymous because you are what the program is for. You, you cried, you couldn't speak a word without crying for two years, but you kept coming in here and now you don't cry. And you're you're laughing and you're having a good time and life's finally starting to happen and that's awesome, you know. But uh yeah, sometimes I just sit there and it's you know, it's just one of those random horrible horror movie days that I'm like, they they just don't need to hear this, you know. But I think they do. Yeah, and I know, I know. And and that's when I'm supposed to share and I go, mm. I'm just no, no. <laughs> we'll we'll think about it a day, and I may share it tomorrow. You know, right. that's what I so do. it over, yeah. Kind of clean it up a little bit, but uh, some of it, over. yeah. But I don't know. Well, I guess and seeing that, I guess that's where I'm a little different. I don't know if that would make me the grouch or the brainstorm, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm the guy that you know. To me, an AA meeting isn't a therapy session. I, I don't want to hear about your grandkids just ruining your entire day. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what you did about it. Right. So I don't want to hear about your shit today. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about it tomorrow when you have the solution. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because like the, the crap that I'm going through right now, I'm not going to sit here and blurt it all out in a meeting. But in a month or two months or however long my higher power decides it's going to take me to get over this junk and get through it. I can sit down logically and say, well, this is what I was struggling with, and this is what I had to do and give my complete faith to my higher power, and he carried me through it. 
you know, but I'm not going to get in there and, and bitch and whine about my day and how crappy my life mm-hmm. is right now. Because I, I agree. Like some stuff, go talk to your sponsor. Yeah. But follow that up with yeah. some strength don't, and hope. Don't, don't come in here and blurt your four step out in the meeting. Yeah. You know, yeah. but there again, that's, that's where I'm different. I want to hear the solutions to the problems that you're having. I don't want to hear about your problems. I want to hear about the solutions to them. And I think yeah. it goes both ways too, because early in sobriety, I was impressed with like Jill's talking about and somebody that, you know, had worked a program and they're, they, they have their stuff together and they're, you know, and I would hear them struggle a little bit and I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, so there's some hope there, but at the same time, I don't think that people, you know, that have been in the program a while, you have some of those that every single day, I got cut off in traffic again. Mm-hmm. And I was going to just shoot the whole street up. And I'm going, you're 12 years into recovery. <laughs> yeah, like, that well, pisses you off that shut bad. Your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, every and, day. And it's know? funny that you said that because somebody mentioned in a, in a meeting uh, a couple weeks back, they were they this their statement was, you know, if you say, quality over quantity then you're not sober no i don't agree with that because if i see somebody that's uh five years sober or even like right now my my current sponsor that i'm using only has a month more than me but you know what he has what i want mm-hmm. right this guy with 12 years is coming in here bitching about wanting to shoot people in traffic because mm-hmm. they got cut off he don't have what i want yeah so yeah it is quality over quantity because if you're 12 and 15 years sober and that freaking miserable why would i want you as a sponsor exactly. when i got somebody with five years sober that has a hell of a lot better quality sobriety than you got and that and that that's kind of what brings up my why i brought that up because because it's always about the newcomer and so I don't want to, I'm, I'm like you, I will wait a day or two or a week and I'll go back and share on it. When I've sponsored and I've talked to sponsor, I've prayed, I've kind of figured out, I may not still feel great about it, but I've put it into context and here's what's happening. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm like you on that. Um, because, because yeah, yeah. I don't want somebody sitting in a meeting that's been out a week and go, listen to this idiot you know like <laughs> easy what the hell i'm not gonna waste my t- another four years up in here and just wind up like that you know and uh and i had that image in my head of coming into aa and it would just be a bunch of old men bitching about their old ladies told them they couldn't drink anymore so they just got together and bitched about well, it. i That's could see that <laughs> yeah wow that was my image of alcoholics and yeah. All. so yeah my first meeting i went to in 1995 at the koala club that's what i thought I thought you just went there to bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and, and I'm right there with you. Back in the 90s, mm-hmm. we were told to sit, sit down, shut up, and don't say a word. Because if we had less than six months to a year sobriety, we didn't know anything anyway. So what do we have to share with them? Or how about learn? I mean, like, there's a lot to learn from the newcomer. Mm-hmm. There is. So I don't I don't agree with it 100%, but I knew when I came in this time, mm-hmm. I didn't learn nothing in the 90s. So I had nothing to share in 2019. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So I didn't say nothing in a meeting except my name and what I was and what I identified as. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> alcoholic. And, uh, you know, and, and thank you for, for calling me. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have any experience to share with them. The only yep. experience I had was I was there today. You know, and sure, that might have helped somebody who only had a week. Mm-hmm. But me saying... Hey, I'm I'm Thomas. I'm an alcoholic. Four sixteen nineteen, and this guy with a week. Here's man. This guy's got two months, or this guy's got five months, or six months, and he was able to at least say that. You know, that's the only experience I had. Yeah. But any real experience from working steps or anything like that, you know, I can't share on something I haven't done. I agree. That's true. And isn't the isn't the program cool though that. Like we said, we we talked about two different ways of it, and Jill's kind of like, I'm just going to get it off my chest, and that's great, and you can do that. And because of the collective group of people from all over, all kind of ways of life and races and ages and all that stuff, that will help some people. And then the way Thomas and I are talking about it, other people hear that, and it just it takes a group effort. And I think God puts that there at that time where if Jill walks in and goes, this has been horrible and blurts a bunch of stuff out, there's probably somebody sitting out there that needed to hear that. Right. Well, no, exactly. I mean, and I always do follow it up with a solution, but um, 
Yeah, I don't want the newcomer to be disillusioned. But I, but I'm very proud of those people that I know my situation, but I know that that people have in this person, this lady that I was talking to the other day. Man, she had it very tough. Like I don't know that I could have gotten through what she did early on, and I mean it was very impressive to just watch her just keep clawing at it and uh mm-hmm. you know didn't give a shit what nobody thought about it and we all listened to her and what i like is we all just kept listening to her nobody told her hey could you knock that off you know or it was none of that and uh i just think that's so cool about about alcoholics anonymous you know yeah so well they say that sharing about something gives it less power you know and i think that's also important um cuz we're not all in the the same exact place um you know they may not have a solution yet, but it may have, you know, someone may be like, okay, I want to talk to them. It gets the it out of your head. Absolutely, it yeah. does. Well, and the good thing is it doesn't matter whether I like hearing it or don't like hearing it in meetings. What I do like is they've stopped that junk. Well, not completely, but a lot of meetings have stopped the junk where they cut that person off, especially a newcomer that's in there doing that. Because I've seen where newcomers be, you know, talking about something that's just eating their ass and they'll shut them down. And then that newcomer gets up and leaves. Well, the problem is nobody gets up and follows that newcomer. And we just lost a newcomer. And, and yeah, and now this guy who was in there dumping their heart out, I actually seen it early in sobriety, and that's why I don't go I've to birthday it. meetings. And you never see him again. And that's why I don't go to birthday meetings is because, and, and again, this is my opinion, but a lot of the times those birthday meetings turn into an ego rubbing. I, you know, and, and I've agree. literally seen a guy Good. in there that was dumping his heart out, hadn't been to a meeting in six months, explaining what was going on in his life and then the next person that came up to share immediately started stroking the birthday boy's ego that guy got up and left and nobody followed him out of the rooms and i didn't because i was only like four or five months sober yeah that will piss me off you know <laughs> and i had said something to my sponsor about it and he's like well, why don't you go i said because what the fuck <laughs> I'm, like, you know what I'm, I'm like four months over what am i supposed to do he's and like, i mean Stop you know the guy. it you know? It, yeah. it birthday meetings are cool i think in a way that you know, if they're done correctly, that newcomers need to see that. And they need to see that we celebrate things and we, it, this is achievable and attainable, but at the same time, our primary purpose is that newcomer. So that's the important part. It's not the birthday. We got a fear, didn't we? I had a, I had a, (laughs) kind of, I had a newcomer show up at my, um, number 11, my first, my first birthday back at the koala club from new Orleans, and a newcomer showed up and um basically uh we had I, I i we i shifted the topic to step one let's talk about step one but in that meeting being you know you gotta you gotta get back on it every single share make sure we talk about step one step mm-hmm. never yeah. seen the person since but that doesn't mean that they're not back in the room somewhere right yeah. they may be somewhere but uh no, and no, it all does kind of go around fear. I think a lot of times people, the way they share in a meeting is based on fear. I think the reason why we have a lot of relapses are based on fear. I think the reason people get up and walk out is based on fear. I think that um, it, it really is, and I'm not to quote the book too much, but it's the evil and corroding thread. Um, and it's always the fear of what's going to happen what's what's not gonna happen you know it's it's always the fear of the unknown is the one that gets me yeah i just don't know and these aren't normal fears like as i sit here today after this after we record this podcast i have to drive back to dallas and it's snowing in dallas right now and i don't know what the weather's doing i should have some kind of healthy fear right i was gonna mention that but that's not Mm -hmm. what i'm not fear that that isn't what i fear what I fear, I guess, are the things that are going to knock my ego back a bit or hurt me emotionally. Those are what the things that I really fear as far as the physical harm. It just, I don't have it. Yeah. I don't have that fear. Not, not I do sometimes, you know, I mean. Yeah. And I used to have the fear of going back out, and now I just think it's a healthy respect of, you know, if I do this. It's not a fear of it anymore, but it, but it's. But, I just realized what it is. Yeah. yeah, there may be a little drop of it. Thing about fear, like it can be used as a motivation. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of dictators have done that. <laughs> uh, uh, no, 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 no. I meant like because it may cause you to face that fear. I mean, that's what's happened to me in recovery. I have faced so many fears because, like, what I used to do, I was scared of succeeding and scared of failure. Oh, that's the worst. So, guess case. what I did? Nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. That's the worst that you can do is absolutely nothing. Yes. Based on fear, I'm like doing I'm, that right now. Or <laughs> I'm not going to apply for that job because I'm scared I won't get it. Yeah, you know, there's a hundred percent chance you will. If you're not going to apply for that job, yeah. I'm scared to buy this or I'm scared to marry this person mm-hmm. because I mean, there's a hundred percent chance it's not going to be a successful marriage if you don't have one. Yeah, why do you yeah. have to bring that shit up? Yeah, I, I, didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was something you were dealing. Every with time there. I'm around, you call me out. Yeah. <laughs> any of that, any of that stuff, though, you know, anything time we don't make a decision based on fear, I mean, I get a, a decision based on an analysis. You know, hey, I've studied this part, or this is what I've seen in this relationship, and therefore I'm not going to make a decision to move further. Or this is what I've seen based even even something as simple as starting a podcast. I mean, if, if somebody's out there and they want to start a podcast, but they, they're scared nobody's going to listen. Hell, nobody may not listen to this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're having fun. We're having a damn it's good time. It's keeping us over today. <laughs> yes, it is. I like sitting around, talking on a mic, talking about, you know, subjects. And, and you know, this has really helped me since moving, moving to Texas because I go to a noon meeting. And a lot of times I can't get out of the store in time to go to the noon meeting. So a guy that used to go seven days a week has now been cut back to about three. And to me, this is the more I talk about recovery and the more I stay here, the more I stay in a recovery lifestyle. Right? We have two or more. Yep. Yeah. It said it in the last tradition. Well, yeah, well, that's right. And that's like I had a fear coming on because I've recorded myself like on videos and so, and I hate the way my voice sounds. Everybody does. That. But dude, these microphones in my ears right now, man, I don't know if you guys like some kind of weird filter on there, but I sound freaking great. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a weird filter. It's the microphone. You have, this is high quality microphones. So my yeah. phone sucks. And, well, I, I mean, it, I, can you get Apple podcast on there? No, but I can that iMac <laughs> you get <getting> me. <laughs> no, uh, this, this is actually the, if, if up under the table, there's a lot of stuff going on that you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's Don't go looking right now, Thomas. I gotta go. <laughs> so, no, stay up here. I normally don't wear pants to the podcast, but no, there's some stuff up under the under the table that allows for um, a, a better quality of audio to come through. And, yeah. Um, what What is his name? Dallas um, helped me out with uh, get, knowing what equipment to buy, and and we used to use um, a big. Um, Oh, interface that took like 18 microphones and simplified it down. And ultimately, we ended up with this setup, which does sound a lot better. So um, it's not your voice. It's the quality of whatever's recording your voice. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a child, we would have the tape recorders and you would hit play and record at the same Mm -hmm. time. You know what I'm saying? And, And we would do our own radio stations. Me and this other kid would have our own radio stations and we would, you know, we never actually played music unless he brought his over and we could put them together and play music, you know, but we'd have a radio station. And I remember exactly what he said. I'd listen to myself. I don't sound like that. Yeah. I don't sound like that. And now I listen back to these podcasts though, um, especially when I'm editing them because each and every one not each and every one, about half of them I have to re-listen to over again in order to edit stuff out that shouldn't have been in there. And um, and my voice still sounds like I thought it would. But it just does, you know, this the quality equipment does make a difference. Mike and Jill, isn't it cool, though, that all the different people that have come through here and every single person's like, I don't want to talk into a microphone. Well, I sound weird. A lot of, a the lot same of, fear. Well, Thomas, <laughs> you mentioned fear great. of coming on. Yeah. Your voice, yeah. But a lot of people that everybody, I think, that we've had on, uh, has had that they 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 were scared. They did not want to do it, or they did want to do it, but they didn't want to do it. And after they do it, it's just like, oh, wow, I, you know, this is just what we do. And yeah. you're welcome back every week. Yeah, you come back every week. Yeah, don't tell me that. I'll I'll be a regular. Oh, no, we're here. Be a regular. We're here every right. Sunday. Well, Actually, yeah. well, we we're here every. We're here as often as we can get here. Yes, because yeah. I I would really. Um, like to record more but you know we we record at least once a week or try to anyway because that's what our listeners need you know but uh 
But fear is is one of those things that I still have, you still have, or you tell me you still have it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. of, of a lot of <laughs> different things. And how we deal with that fear now is a lot different. Because I can say the fear, while intoxicated, okay, there was no fear. And my entire life, I grew up in fear. I grew up in fear of my of my parents. I grew up in fear of God, in fear of the end of the world, fear of my grandparents, fear of financial problems in our home uh, as a child, fear of health with different people. Um, I would have fear of health with my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I would lay in bed and think, what if happens if, if something happens to my dad and he gets this sickness that somebody else's dad may have had? And, you know, my dad's my dad's young man now. He was really young back then, you know, but I would let this drive me to the point of being crippling, like physically yeah. sick. I would let these fears just drive me. And, you know, and now... I, I grow up, I'm, I'm a grown man, I have real things that happen in life, you know, I have a grandson that has, um, that is sick right now, I have um, a son who's trying to deal with that, and, you know, my son tells me, I'm going to do whatever it takes to take care of my son, right, and I tell my son, I'm going to do whatever it takes to take care of mine too, right, and so you have that, <laughs> what are we going to end up having to do to make sure that everybody in this situation, well, technically, if, if we turn our will and our life over to the care of God every day, the fear part, we should just say, hey, look, let's set that to the side and let's get into action. And then what action can we take today to make sure that our part of this thing is done right? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. you know. Well, it's, it's, I think it's also important to address fears because it can affect you mentally. It can affect you physically. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on physi- physiologically, um, you know, with your body. If you stay in fear and you're constantly stressed, you know, your body releases more cortisol. You're more prone to um, illness, high blood pressure, quite a quite a number of things um, if you constantly stay in fear. And I'll, I'll throw one that I probably will never lose. <clears throat> and uh, my friend that probably will listen to this already knows it. This is terrifying, crippling. I just can't deal with it. She has a pet snake. Ew. No. I'm not pulling with that no, snake. No, no. no. I love I snakes. Tr- I trust her. Don't trust that snake. No. Nope. And she's kind of tried to ease it over, and it's, the snake seems like it's chill, but it's still a snake. Well, what kind of snake day, is it? It's though? a all python is yellow no they all need to die um i probably (laughs) just pissed off a lot of people i I had a burmese python for 10 years he bit me one time and it was my own that's one time but see the thing is it was my own fault because like i had for mine because you picked up a snake no (laughs) well he was he was six and a half foot long oh and and, and i had two tanks for him one was a feeding tank and one was his regular habitat and i was getting ready to go on vacation and i I put him in this feeding tank, gave him his two rats. He ate. And normally I'd leave him in there for 24 hours. Gave him his two small children to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I left him in. And normally I'd leave him in there for 24 hours. Well, because we were getting ready to come back to Shreveport from South Carolina. It wasn't an hour later I reached in the tank. See, he thought another rat was coming in. <laughs> so he grabbed my finger. I actually got a scar from it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but as soon as he realized he bit the hand that feeds him, he backed off and it didn't hurt. It's not like it's a, you know, some, you know, I thought it was going to be terrible if I ever got bit by a snake, but it really wasn't that bad. Hmm. It, it hurt less than a mouse trap. Mine, mine is just, uh, you know, and I told my friend, I'm like, she's like, he's real chill. I'm like, yeah, but when I'm running yo-yos on the lake at night and I'm sliding up into trees to hang bait and I look and there's, you know, a serpent laying on the the uh the limb as i slide in there and then he, i hear that thump of a oh, nice size snake dropping in the boat and then you hear a splash and that's me cannonballing out the back of the boat I'll, I'll let a snake have a whole boat well that's all know? that's a whole nother fear though that's the that, irrational fear that's a rational fear i mean i have a fear of poisonous snakes i don't have a fear of a little ball python that's no, like a, that's like being matter. scared of a chihuahua but 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 here's the uh, well, here's crazy. they're feisty little shits yeah chihuahua. okay a yorkie yeah. I got bit. I got bit on the hind end one time by a chihuahua, and it wouldn't let go. And um, 
Well, you can just imagine, the, you know, me swinging from side to side and that chihuahua going. You know. <laughs> and, uh, but I still don't have a fear of chihuahuas to this day. That's good. It, it That's just, good. It didn't, I didn't give me any post-traumatic disorders you know well and that's like me with snakes i mean i got bit by a snake but it never kept me from continuing to handle them you some people are just there's certain things rational fears of course some people just have certain fears and some don't i've never had a fear of spiders most people that i know do i've Mm -hmm. never had a fear of i have a massive fear of snakes all snakes massive some people just don't um you Tornadoes know. is a huge fear of mine, but I've been in quite a few of them. I have too. Yeah, and it's, I love them. It's uncontrol. It's just uncontrolled chaos and fear. But right? see, I look at that. I look at a. I look at tornado coming by, and I'll go stand outside and watch it because yeah. God's going to wipe it out if He's going to wipe it out. I'm not going to go lay in the bathtub or put a mattress over my body and lay in the hall. I will literally. I, it doesn't. It. But you well, pull a snake out, I'm out. It's not the tornado that's going to get you. It's the Volvo that it throws <laughs> into. <laughs> As a result of the tornado. Or, or, or the heifer that's spinning around <laughs> yeah. there like yeah. a twister. That's a good move. Oh, man. Van so, so, so what you could do is uh, try to compromise and let, let the snake sit in the pocket of your hoodie where you don't actually have to touch it. No. Yeah, no. For no. just yeah. just a just a, a minute, and you'll see once it's in there, all it's going to do is coil up and want to be warm and wait to eat me. When I can't no. even when look I'm... at them on like in a book or on TV. They just make me just look. I can Whoa. do. Look, man, I have very little fears of like outside, like you know, physical things like I don't, alligators. I don't it, none of that. It doesn't bother me. Bears. It, I would just think it was cool. It wouldn't bother me to walk up and there's a grizzly bear. But Until it's chasing snake, your ass. No, I mean, that's why I take Mike with me. I can outrun Mike. He's old. You know, I can outrun him. <laughs> Probably can. The bear will get him. I'm out. Without but, a paddle. Yeah. yeah Let me yeah. take off my shoes. But the daggum <laughs> snake, I run man, faster. The daggum snake, I just, I can't get over it. And I don't think I ever will. And I'm okay with that. Well, that's know? like if people are scared of spiders, don't come to my house. Because I've got, I've got brown recluse, freaking black widow inside the house. You know, all I do is I move them back outside. Oh, okay. You know, if I see one, I pick it up and I put it outside. That roach I saw at Pat O's that night was about the size of a good tarantula, an adult tarantula. That's what I thought it was crawling up the wall. Well, guys, we have uh, come to an end of another great episode. So, uh, y'all got some shout-outs? Anybody want to shout-out to anybody? All our peoples. Everybody. All our peoples, man. People are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I only have two friends, so hi to both of (laughs) y'all. Well, you want to name them or no? Well, there's nah. three of us well, sitting I'll, here. So. I'll, I'll, name, I'll name Ken down there in Thibodeau. Okay, he but, listens? Yeah. Good. Well, he will be to these, the last two episodes. Because okay. he's I'm a sponsor, and I'll be like, you're listening to these last two episodes. Yeah, there you go. Just force. I'll be like, you're listening to All My Wisdom, whether you like it or not. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, as always, we have... Uh, we have several countries that listen. We got the Ireland, the United Kingdom, Taiwan, Bulgaria, Australia, Denmark, Saudi Arabia, Canada, and the UAE. <coughs> and I want to remind everybody that our podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts. So if, if to understand how that works, it's a little less difficult than the Spotify thing was. You can go to the podcast app on Apple iPhone and just kind of swipe down and in the search bar or in the search at the bottom of the screen you can type in the grouch and the brainstorm it'll pull up our our podcast and we just ask that you follow it and um and that's an easier way and if you follow it though every time we release an episode it will uh it will definitely pop up on your alerts if you have your alerts on for that guys so um we do appreciate everyone that listens, and we got to remind you that there is a telephone number if you want to leave a voicemail. It's area code 817-988-2530. That's 817-988-2530. You can leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. And we have an email address. It's gnbbozier at gmail.com. That's gnb, G-N-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-
uh, some of our, our folks that would listen on a regular basis, we encourage you to call in or at least send an email and give us a little bit more content. If you have a, a suggestion, which coming up here in the next few episodes, I don't know if it's going to be in the next one or the next one, but we did have a suggestion from, um, from someone down in South Louisiana on a topic. I've got to piece that together on how to how to make an episode out of it because it's most of the contents are found on one page of uh, the 12 and 12. So I want to kind of do a little studying on that and how we can put together a whole episode and maybe get a topic around what that is. And then we'll discuss that. So Thomas, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Look forward to you coming back and um, hopefully that'll be soon. I thought, we, I thought we were supposed to work an honest program. Sooner rather than later. <laughs> and that is an honest statement. I didn't, I didn't just say that. So, so anyway, from Rule 62 Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana, this has been the Grouch and the Brainstorm.